up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again from Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro. I'm a lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, and this is the podcast about animation from the world of comic books. Welcome back, everyone. I appreciate you coming back after that break we took. Sometimes life gets in the way. That's not going to happen again. And we are back and in full swing. And you are joining us for a spooky episode as we kick off. Our month of Halloween. That's right, folks. Halloween, one of my favorite holidays. And for the month of October, we are going to be celebrating it with Halloween-themed superhero cartoons. Before we uh, get started with this week's episode, I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Number one, I already explained it. It's superhero animation. Pay attention. Number two, just like the old team-up books, DC Comics Presents Marvel Team-Up, I'm always having a guest on there talking comic book animation Number three, we got to have fun. Without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest. This is a special episode. Not only is it the kickoff of our Halloween month, not only is it a double-sized episode, it is a first in the history of Matt Spectro through the multiverse, the first ever father-son team is going to be joining us this week. First, let me introduce, he's the show's Green Lantern expert. He was on episode four. Welcome to the show. I should say, welcome back to the show, Dave Walker. Finally, Dave Walker has come back to the podcast. Hey, I'm so glad to be here now. It's going to be a ghoulishly good time for this October uh, celebration here. I'm glad to be a part of it. And introduce first timer, the fruit of your loins. Hey, welcome to the multiverse, Jordan Walker. Hey, thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to do this. First podcast, well, ever. <laughs> All right. Welcome both of you to episode 24, kicking off our month of Halloween. 24 episodes already? Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Jordan, we're going to address this to you. Obviously, Dave, we went over your backstory a little bit. You grew up with a uh, father obsessed with comic books. Mm-hmm. You think, well, first, how much are you into comic books and do you think it was shaped by being the son of Dave? Oh, yeah. My dad was like a big influence like on uh, getting me into superheroes. I mean, obviously, but my hero was mainly Spider-Man because I grew up watching uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies when I was a little kid and Eventually, like, I liked it so much, I moved on to the comic of Spider-Man, and mostly I've been involved in, like, the Marvel Universe. Odd. Uh, I think he was he rebelling against you because you're such a DC guy? Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I was, I tried to raise him as a DC kid, but he defied me at every step and turn. He just went to the Marvel characters. I like Batman. I think, I mean, that counts. Every, no, it doesn't count. Everybody likes, <laughs> everybody likes Batman. That's not special. <laughs> 
To kick off our month of Halloween, we are going to be doing Spider-Man and his amazing friends, The Bride of Dracula. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, we are, uh, we're going to go over a little bit of uh, history here. We're going back to September 24th, 1983. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, The Bride of Dracula. Now, we're going to go over a lot of details. First, uh, just about the cartoon itself. Started in 1981. Was uh, first just a Spider-Man cartoon, which became Spider-Man and his amazing friends. The uh, rumor being that Marvel saw the success of the Super Friends and were once again trying to compete, which they hadn't had much luck. They did the Fantastic Four cartoon, which only lasted a season. They did the Spider-Woman cartoon, which only lasted a season. So now they're trying their hand at their most popular character, Spider-Man, which begs the question, why didn't they start with Spider-Man to begin with? Yeah, I don't, I don't really get that, but... They clearly had this thing that they had to do where they added to the cast when they brought in Iceman and Firestar. So they, they were going for a wider format. At least they didn't have like a pet talking dog. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? That Miss Lion. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. She doesn't really talk. but <laughs> So um, they started, uh, obviously Spider-Man had a cartoon, I believe, back in 1967, I believe, which everyone remembers the theme song. But then they did Spider-Man and its Maisie Friends, aired on NBC. Marvel Studios did the animation. Now, uh, interesting tidbits here. Uh, for some reason, they had, I can understand the sidekicks, but they had they were sold on fire and ice. I don't know why. And it they, doesn't really seem to fit the theme of Spider-Man, like now that I think about it. And they originally, they're either going to burn down the apartment or they're going to freeze it. Well, originally they had, they tried to get Iceman and the Human Torch, but licensing issue for some reason much like the fantastic four cartoon of the 70s they could not get the human torch which i'm actually glad they because didn't. of the golden age human torch was that i don't know the exact details but i know there was a licensing issue in the with the fantastic four cartoon where they couldn't have the human torch that's why they had the stupid herbie, herbie the, the robot the robot and they ran into the same thing with this which actually worked out for the better because then they could add a female character right and yeah. one starfire lots of cartoons have added to the comic books, obviously the most famous ever being Harley Quinn, but I'd say Firestar is the most famous Marvel example of something created for the cartoon, which was incorporated into the comic book. Yeah, and then it was like El Dorado after that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, and uh, the likeness of her, they say, was based on Mary Jane, which begs the question, why didn't you just have Mary Jane <laughs> show up in the cartoon? Not to spoil it for you. And some of the suggested names when they were trying to come up with her were Heatwave, Starblast, and Firefly. Ugh, those are terrible. Uh, oh, Starfire was the, Firestar was the best way to go. Now that I think about it, she kind of looks like Mary Jane, like how they made her look on the show. Like, Yeah, oh, right down to the bangs and everything, yeah. And uh, some other ending, it was uh, developed by a, a Dan Jerwick, who also directed all of the episodes. This uh, Stan Lee was the narrator, and this is for uh, our generation, Dave. Most of the first time we actually heard the voice of Stan Lee, uh, but he wasn't brought on until the second season. He was not the narrator. They later on in post updated those episodes for reruns and added him, but he didn't come aboard till the second season. Which it seems like a, a natural waste of talent to not when you got this guy you know, at your disposal, who's the ultimate ambassador who literally moved to California to get the Marvel studios yeah. running is the ultimate ambassador. You think you'd use him at every turn, which they learn later on, at least eventually. 
Now, before we get into this episode, a couple of interesting tidbits I found. Uh, I want to preference this by uh, none of us claim to be experts, and this is research. Doesn't necessarily always mean it's true. This was the first animated appearance of Wolverine was on Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, and for some bizarre is that where reason, we had the Canadian accent, I no, mean was, the Australian yes, accent. For some bizarre reason, he was Australian. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> which carried over onto the Pride of the X-Men one shot. Now, the popular theory on that, why they kept that, was that Crocodile Dundee was very popular at the time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That movie did come out around that time, didn't it? Maybe, maybe. And Jordan or Dave, I don't know if either of you know this, but the Spider-Friends technology was given to them by one Tony Stark. Why is it that Tony Stark has to keep giving to Spider-Man? I don't know. It, it's literally a, a common thing. Like, I hate that uncle ben was completely erased like in the new film it totally didn't work, work for me so they were ahead of their time having uh, iron man give uh, spider-man apparently he, he, he's been uh making uh spider-man his charity case for decades and we didn't even realize it one other thing i found researching this which apparently i was unaware of this apparently there was an episode with captain america where the red skull was on that they no longer air Due to there being Nazi swastikas and them saying hi Hitler in the episode. Yeah, they didn't actually have the the swastika show up in the episode, did supposedly, they? Supposedly, I've never seen it. On a Saturday morning cartoon? Yeah, supposedly this happened. Um, oh. Disney Plus doesn't air the episode. Yeah, you'll never see I it I don't there. believe the DVD has that episode. I think it's pretty much been pulled from existence. Oh, it didn't even make it to DVD. I don't remember ever even seeing this episode. You'll, you'll never see it now. If it isn't in physical format, you're never getting it. So going on, we're going to... The Bride of Dracula. Now, interestingly enough, this was originally called the Transylvania Connection, which is one goddamn terrible name. But for some reason, all the masters, they've changed it to the Bride of Dracula, like the DVD release, the reruns, and on Disney Plus, the Bride of Dracula, which is a far superior name than the Transylvania Connection. Yeah, that's an amazing name for an episode, the Bride of Dracula. Like I said, it aired originally on September 24th, 1983, written by one Jack Mendelssohn. And now this is not the, it's not really the Tomb of Dracula, Dracula, the Marvel Universe had already made popular. This is just sort of their own thing. What do you think, gentlemen? Will Spider-Man mix with Dracula? <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like a great idea bringing Dracula in. I mean, to see Spider-Man go up against like a mystic, magical character, like, I mean, he's done it before in the past, so like, I'd give it a chance. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do today. <laughs> Now, before we get into it, we're going to get into some of the particular Spider-Man. Ooh, credit time. Credit time. Yeah. Created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Ooh. Ooh. He's voiced by a Dan Gilverson. He's done a lot of voice work. Some of his more popular, he was Slipstream on G.I. Joe, Ooh, really? as well as the voice of Bumblebee on the Transformers cartoon. Yeah, Bumblebee was pretty awesome. Iceman, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And he is voiced by the legendary... Frank Welker. If you know anything about animation, you know who Frank Welker is. He's Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. He's Nibbler on Futurama. He was the voice of Jabberjaw and Speed Buggy. Also was the voice of uh, Soundwave on the Transformers as well. I, that I didn't know. And believe it or not, he is supposedly the third highest grossing film voice actor of all time. You know, when you got a thousand and one credits to your name, what is he? he's like the uh, modern Mel Blanc. Still alive today, um, he did not voice Fred in the Scoob disaster of a movie, but he has voiced him in a lot of other things, including Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, and Mystery Incorporated. 
Yeah, when you have a 20-something-year-old voice and you're probably 80 years old. Well, I believe he was 23 when he originally voiced Fred Jones on the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And now here he is. Uh, uh, that was, what, 40? No, 50? Yeah, he, he doesn't have that gravelly voice. Voices, old yeah, so he's like like 70. Harrison Ford, when you hear him now, he's like got this gravelly old voice. He, he, he must drink a lot of tea and honey. Now, Firestar, like we said, she was created specifically for the show. She later on became part of the comic books. Dennis Marks is one of the credited creators. They obviously give credit to John Romita Sr. since she was based on the design of Mary Jane. She is voiced by Kathy Garver, who was most famous for playing Catherine Sissy Davis on Family Affair. Mm. You guys must be big fans of that show. Yeah, from way back. heard of it. (laughs) I think that show actually got canceled before even Dave and I were born. Dracula, he's created by Bram Stoker. Uh, Stanley Jones did the voice of him, who also voiced on this cartoon, not this particular episode, but Kingpin and Dr. Octopus. Dave, uh, trivia question, do you know what villain on the Super Friends he was the voice of? It wasn't Toy Man, was it? No, that was actually Frank Welker. No, it was? (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, you want to take a guess? I'll give you a hint. He was a member of the Legion of Doom. You got a 1 in 13 chance of getting it right. Oof. I don't know. I tend to be really bad at uh, names, like when it comes to like voice actors. Like I can recognize voices, but when it comes to like the actors that played them, it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just guessed. One of the twelve villains. Instead, we got a fifteen-minute dissertation about how you're not good at guessing. Eh. Stanley Jones is the voice of Lex Luthor. That was my second guess. <laughs> You will recognize it when you hear his voice when we watch this in a few minutes. And finally, Frankenstein, created by Mary Shelley. He's voiced by a Walker Edenstein, who most famous role was Ernie the Keebler Elf. Not anymore, but because he's passed away, but in the original Keebler commercials. I didn't even know he had a name. No, what were there, three of the elves? Were there No, you're thinking one? of Snap, Crackle, Snap, Crackle and Pop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the breakfast cereal. Yeah, the ke- yeah the Keebler. Yeah, it was one Keebler elf. He lived in the tree, right? Yeah, well, there's a bunch of elves, but he they all looked like chefs. He had that little striped hat oh, and a yeah. little blazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the only one with a talking role. Okay. <laughs> and uh, did, been- Well, did they hang out with Snap, Crackle and Pop? <laughs> they should have done a cross promotion I'm with sure that. a family guy at one point, the Keebler Elf, has hung out with Snap, it Crackle, and Pop. It seems like a natural. They get together with the Oompa Loompas and the Munchkins and the Keebler Elves and Snap, Crackle, and Pop. What well, could have been awesome. Okay, this is <laughs> this has been a disaster here with it. <laughs> Between his uh, lengthy explanation of why he can't guess <laughs> and your disastrous <laughs> neighboring Snap, Crackle, and Pop is the Keebler Elf. On that note... Turn the lights off. Wrap up in a blanket. Don't be scared. As we're going to get spooked out as we get chills and thrills watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends, The Bride of Dracula. Stay with us. Spider-Man will return after these messages. Mr. Keebler? Yes, sir? I'm the world's richest man. My? Your rich and chips cookies taste rich. I admire that in a cookie. Our cookies would taste rich even without the chips. When we add lots of chocolatey chips, rich and chips cookies taste deliciously rich. Uncommonly rich. I'll buy your whole factory. Our hollow tree's not for sale. I'll build my own. How long does it take? Oh, about a hundred years. Rich-tasting Keebler rich and chips and coconut chocolate drops. 
All right, we attack the Rice Krispie guys at dawn, assuming Judd Hirsch delivers the goods. Those freaking elves, man. They just came out of the trees, man. They just came out of the trees. You saved my ass back there. You saved mine. Here's to snap. To snap. Hey, Spidey, isn't Marvel's new Pizzazz magazine fantastic? Fantastic, but not perfect. But Pizzazz has the lowdown on Jaws, too. And more Sean Cassidy picks than his mother. It's sensational. Sensational but not perfect. How about Pizzazz's Goofy Guide to TV? It's wild look at sci-fi movies. It's games, puzzles, comics. What could be more perfect? Me on the cover, not the Hulk. Pizzazz, the almost perfect new monthly from the off-the-wall gang at Marvel Comics. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. And we're back. And we just watched. We were, uh, it's going to give us nightmares. We watched Spider-Man and his amazing friends, The Bride of Dracula. It's pretty spooky stuff, gentlemen. Uh, geeks and freaks, you're in for a treat with this one. Oh my lord. I cannot believe what I just watched and witnessed. I have to have the nightlight on. And before we get into it, just so you know, spoiler alert, we will be spoiling The Bride of Dracula. Obviously, we open up with the opening credits, which are pretty amazing. I always love that. It's one of my favorite theme songs in any cartoon. Yeah, that amazing Spider-Man's got one of the best intros they've ever done. I love it. <laughs> so catchy. Spider-Man has his amazing friends. So we uh, open at a dance at Empire State University. And I got to say, some killer dance moves at this dance. It is pretty amazing. <laughs> Watching that animation on this is so good. What kind of dance is this? Jordan, You're uh, that's what all the kids are doing these days, right? No. <laughs> what I do like is that it's a college dance and everyone's wearing, every guy's wearing a suit. Yeah, I, I've never been to a dance like that where everybody's dressed up like they're going to work in an office. And, uh, and these, what are these kids, like 20, 19, 20, I assume 21? they're either freshmen or sophomores, so they're probably at the most 21 at this point. I wish my generation could be as formal as these people. <laughs> so we open up with the spider friends and... uh Spider-Man's uh, asking Angelica for a dance, uh, but Iceman claims she's already promised one to him. First of many great lines, back off, blizzard breath. <laughs> <laughs> so and they get into a big argument about uh, uh, Angelica, who she's going to dance with. It's weird. When it was convenient to the story, there seemed to be like a love triangle, but only when it was convenient to the plot of a particular episode. It wasn't consistent throughout the series. Yeah, they didn't really need it. I guess if they were trying to kill time, they could make a little love interest, but I don't think you'd have that problem with the three of them now. No. <laughs> it's been more heavily implied that Peter Parker carried a torch, no pun intended, for Firestar more than Iceman. I believe Spider-Man would have won her. Yeah, he, so, uh, he dug redheads. While they're arguing, they notice that she's gone, and uh, they see that he's uh, dancing with this uh, handsome fella. I noticed while researching this, a common theme, a lot of people seem put out how much older this guy seemed than Angelica. It, it does seem kind of, cre- you know, even in animation, you're like, 
is this dude like her old enough to be her father or something? He looked like he's 30, 40 years old and he's hitting on this young girl. Like I get they're in college, but still like just real creepy vibes coming out of this dude. When they see it, Iceman says, great work, bug brain. You drove her to another man. He's like, that's right. Blame me. I just did. <laughs> There's plenty of, we're going to get into lots of great dialogue on this episode. How did this guy even get into the dance? Where'd he get a ticket? Well, Firestar even asked him, who are you? I've never seen you on campus. I bet you haven't. (laughs) And he says, I've come a great distance, and you've made the journey worthwhile. In a slight Bella Lugosi accent, not quite full-on Lugosi, but I would definitely say there's a a hint of a Lugosi in there. Could have used a little bit more Lugosi. Jordan, I know you're a lot younger than us, but you know who Bella Lugosi is, don't you? Oh, of course. And for any of you who don't know, shame on you, but he played Dracula in the very first film version of Dracula. This guy is more like a Frank Langella Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'd say that. <laughs> he really is. She says that uh, you really know what to say to a girl, but this is uh, making Spider-Sense tingle. Spider-Sense, something weird's going on. Uh, he was making her tingle. <laughs> <laughs> Iceman says it sounds like jealousy to me. <laughs> yeah, he was jealous of Dracula. And um, I want to take a mind, if you didn't watch it, this guy doesn't really look anything like dracula i would say yeah he does kind of look like a young franklin jello they uh they leave the dance and uh they follow and uh what, what kind of creeps follow on her like are they trying to block her this maybe. is supposed to be their friend and they're not romantically involved with her and they're gonna cut her off now in their defense his spider sense was tingling yeah, that seems like a likely excuse <laughs> so we go back to firestorm and uh Dracula, well, we don't know it's Dracula yet, but he says that you're the woman I've been searching for for centuries. And she says, centuries? And then uh, he hypnotizes her. And uh, she says that- uh, As guys do. Yep. (laughs) That she says she can't resist your will. And this is a great moment where he says, few humans can. He then turns to the camera, shows his fang, and laughs. This guy loves breaking the fourth wall. It's amazing. He does. He, like, and I don't know if you picked on This is the biggest theme next to Great Lines. Laughing. Dracula is one happy guy. He is laughing for this c- entire episode. For centuries, he has a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah, and Dracula has amused himself for a long time. So then the boys come out and uh, they see him just talking and Iceman's very dismissive. So much for your spidey sense. Then they're like, are you ready for the dance? And Angelica just blows them both off, just walks off with this dude. It's a nerve. And Iceman says, where Dave and I have had this a lot in our younger days, where he says, blowing you off, I can understand, but me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Now, full disclosure, when we were young, I was a complete waste of space with women, and Dave was the the suave one. I don't remember that. (laughs) So they get into a limo, and the chauffeur's a werewolf. Yeah, what? <laughs> this episode talk. gets better and better. Business is picking up when the chauffeur is a werewolf. Who is also a butler. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and, there, and he's like, all right, take us to the airport. This is ridiculous. Somehow, Peter heard them say that. They're driving away in a car. And, and now he's turned into Superman where he's got super hair. <laughs> they know to go to the airport. It must have been the spider sense. He's like, know. oh, airport? Why are they going to the airport? They get to the airport to a jet black plane. And uh, 
Is it wrong? Did he call the werewolf Bruno? Or was that he my... did? He did. No, he called him Bruno. <laughs> he called him Bruno. I was like, well, I can't think of a Bruno in literature anywhere <laughs> for a werewolf. Yeah, like uh, I mean, if you called him Larry or something, you know, I would get it. But yeah, wasn't no. it in the original Wolfman? Wasn't it Bruno Talbot? <laughs> no, it's Larry. Yeah, Bruno Talbot. <laughs> so, and then we find out that uh, the werewolf's also an airline pilot. How? Like how? Like, Where did he get his license? <laughs> yeah, the, Who taught him how to fly this plane? The werewolf is flying the airplane, folks. It's so awesome. It's so bad and so awesome at the same time. He, he might as well have been an Igor because he keeps calling Dracula master in this like weird voice. Like, uh, yeah, that's also, he's a, he's a talking werewolf too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might as well be. Go for broke. If you're going to do this, go for broke. So uh, Iceman and Spider-Man, they show up and they find the empty limo at the airport. And then another one of Spider-Man's ridiculous intuition, he points to a plane in the sky and says, look at that black plane. They must be on that. <laughs> It's already in flight. How does he even know this? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. The, the things that Spider-Man has to do to make these connections to get out of the airport and follow the plane are just so awesome, so deliciously cringy. So to find out what's going on, he, uh, he goes to the uh, air traffic control tower and spies through the window spies through the window and he sees the guy with a book that open it says transylvania so boom that's it he knows that plane's going to transylvania <laughs> it's, it's literally on a on a piece of paper transylvania <laughs> not like the name of the city or the airport destination in Transylvania. just transylvania and he knows <laughs> that can only possibly be that black plane he saw in the sky that's on that manifest going to transylvania Oh, well, it would have to be the, the black one. So he tells uh, Iceman where the plane's going. He says, where all the vampires are, gave me a cold <laughs> chill. <laughs> With the ice puns. Yeah, I, <laughs> Needs it, more ice the puns. The puns in this episode are just, or to the whole show in general is just hilarious. So I'm not sure if it's a case of the Marvel Universe, they, vampires they know exist, or it's just they're going on like the old lore of Dracula at this point. I, I think it seemed more like the old lore of, of Dracula. We cut back to the airplane with the werewolf, Angelica, and Dracula, and the plane's in a storm, and uh, he says, great, now no one can follow us, and the werewolf says that he's uh, very clever, because I guess Dracula created the storm, or did he tell him to fly through it? What's clever about there being a storm? Yeah, I don't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I just, well, he, I guess he's a master of elements, too. But then he can assume his true identity, and he does a little, like, whirly dinner move and turns into... Count Dracula. With a pretty impressive goatee, I may add. Yes. yes. The goatee is pretty badass. Pale. It's got the cape, the whole nine yards and a goatee. He he actually has a magical transformation where he gets a cape with red lining on the inside. (laughs) And tells, you know, of course, speaks to himself in the third person as Count Dracula, which of course gets not only him, but the werewolf to laugh. (laughs) You know, which makes me wonder, like, how often when they're hanging around in Transylvania in their castle, does Dracula do something and Bruno the werewolf busts out into laughter? Like, all the time, he's, like, busting him up. He's this hype man. Not only is Bruno a good pilot, a good chauffeur, he's He's also being his hype man. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you ever become a vampire, you need to get a hype man. Dracula made hype men cool before rappers were around. (laughs) Okay, now... I'm going to preference what I'm about to say with the fact I know we're watching a cartoon with Spider-Man, Iceman, Count Dracula, and a werewolf. Are we going to get to the ridiculous logic (laughs) physics we're about to see? (laughs) Oh, my God. You find that they're following them, Spider-Man and Iceman, on top of another airplane. (laughs) Okay, so for one, 
this plane catches up to the other plane. <laughs> Insane. Like they were in the, before they even knew where they were going. There was a plane in the air. They have to go to traffic control, find out where the plane's going. Then they hijack another plane that ha- somehow catches up to this plane over the ocean. Iceman's not even holding on. <laughs> he's not even holding on to the plane. He's just sitting on it. Yep. Yeah. At least Spider-Man's slip. got some excuse. You know, he's got a, he's sticky, you know, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> And then Spider-Man jumped from one plane to the other. With I don't that just threw me off so bad. Like how did he not just like get zipped out of the like through the sky? The, the planes are flying like 500 miles an hour and this little 180 pound guy just jumps from one plane to the other and lands on it. So he uh, he finds the window that Injaka's in, he knocks on it, he sees fire starts in a trance. And then Dracula sees him and hypnotizes Spider-Man and he tries to resist but he can't. He either just jumps or falls off the plane and his web shooters are frozen so he can't even which i don't know what he's gonna do web shoot the plane in midair or... yeah no, he's gonna <laughs> capture a building he's gonna just web onto a building and swing it's over the ocean <laughs> it's amazing and Iceman saves him to get back on top of the plane which the fact they did it once it was impressive twice is a goddamn miracle but Iceman literally makes an ice bridge from one plane to the other. Oh, he actually makes an ice bridge from his plane to the middle of the air to catch Spider-Man. <laughs> then he extends that bridge back to the other plane so that they can get on the second plane. But all right. Either I don't they're... know if you guys caught this, but what about the first plane? They put ice all over the rudder for the first plane. Yeah. <laughs> Like, did they just kill everyone on that plane? Like, I think so. I'd, I would They all died, right? All those yeah. people? Then um, Dracula says he's not sure why this simple college student is drawing the attention of two famous superheroes. So I guess it, I thought that... He doesn't even know that she's Firestar. Yeah, I thought that that's why he picked her, because she yeah. was Firestar. But apparently he doesn't... he could even, read minds. Yeah, but apparently he doesn't even know she's Firestar. Well, he's not a very good mind reader. <laughs> then... He hypnotizes the other pilot from his plane. <laughs> now, how in the hell does that happen? Hypnotizes him into doing an emergency landing. Like, I don't care how mystic you are. Physics just don't work like that. He's in one plane and he hypnotizes the pilot in the other plane. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so basically have two planes have been taken under somebody's control. Yes. <laughs> and they landed pretty much in the middle of nowhere. The fact that either of them landed in one piece is amazing. <laughs> that is impressive. So then they're going to land the plane on Castle Dracula, but uh, Werewolf says they're coming in too fast. So what does Dracula do? He does what anybody would do. He turns the plane into a giant bat. <laughs> now, why didn't he do that to begin with? He wouldn't have even needed to, in, to hypnotize Angelica. He could have just shown her his pimp ride. Oh, be like, hey, God. you want to check out my ride? And she'd be like, you know what? I'm going to get in that ride and go with you anywhere. I'm going to ditch these two losers that I came to this party with, and I'm going to take it, off with I should rephrase. Guy. It's more of like a giant mechanical bat. It's not like, it's just very confusing. It's the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Castle Dracula, and he says, this also baffled me a little bit, but uh, here, my darling, is where we're going to spend the next eternity. What about the first eternity? Isn't there only one eternity? Uh, is there more than one eternity? <laughs> <laughs> and if you got to the end of it, well, to the next one, was it really eternity? <laughs> and then Firestar says, I am so happy. Oh, yeah. The roofies have so taken happy. full effect. <laughs> That's to- this guy is clearly like he's been to too many frat parties. <laughs> and then who should come out of the basement? But Frankenstein. A mechanical Frankenstein. Uh, I guess we should disclose the Frankenstein monster, not, yes, Frankenstein. not Frankenstein. 
Frankenstein's long dead. Dracula says to greet his bride, and I watched it. We rewatched it. I couldn't understand what Frankenstein said and respond. It sounded like he said something about strangers being dangerous. Could you guys make it out what he said? Uh, yeah, something about yeah danger, but it's almost like he's uh, he's really jealous of Angelica right off the bat. He doesn't want her around or any other visitors. And what's with the scars? <laughs> like they go, he's like almost like a robot. Like, did they have some problem with passing? You know, with having scars on the Frankenstein monster, and they couldn't show it. You got for me. Saturday morning. Jordan, did you make out what he said? He almost looks like a robot. No, not really. Like I was just, I was just going along for the ride. Like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna see some weird stuff. So I mean, like, I can't take it too much to heart. So um, whatever he tells him, orders him to take her underground before the sun comes up. So then we split to there's two coffins, uh, and he says to put her in one so she gets used to it. Um, <laughs> Which I thought was a little. This weird. guy's like the ultimate abusive relationship already. She hasn't even moved in yet, and there are so many red flags that this relationship's not going to work. You uh, couldn't tell by the time he hypnotized her. Oh yeah, when he, uh, he hypnotized her. I think it was more like he put some roofies in her fruit punch. And by the way, Frankenstein's wearing a muscle shirt. Not not that's either here nor there. Yeah, I was I was almost like a like a wife beater or some shit. Like now, um, Frank leaves, and I think he mumbled, stranger is trouble, but I'm not sure that's what he said, because he's so hard to understand on this damn yeah, thing. He, he, he's not in favor of this relationship right off the bat. He, he's like the jealous friend. Now, out of the blue, Stan Lee kicks in. I was so surprised. I like like a, a Stan Lee narration, like they had to fix something with the plot. Like, yeah, because they have her wake up, so they have to actually like justify why she woke herself up this yeah, time. Yeah, he says that uh, Drac never expected the cold earth would snap her out of it. Was this some power Firestar had yeah, that I've never heard of? Because they, they brought Stan Lee in to clarify this plot hole. Yeah, like, I, I threw me for a loop completely where halfway through the episode, and Stan Lee suddenly starts narrating where he didn't say a word up to that point. Yeah, I think I think they clearly put the episode together, and they got to that point, and they're like, oh, that's a problem. And then they just brought Stan Lee in to record a line and throw it over it for some exposition nah, Stan Lee could sell anything he's he, he's yeah, he sold me on this so, so uh she snaps out of it and she's like who are you and how did I get here and Drex says how oh, you're gonna be my wife she says you wouldn't want to marry me I'm too hot to handle <laughs> Gen- <laughs> that was actually good. one of the best parts of the episode <laughs> that was genuinely good I, I did like that and then when she turns to Firestar Dracula is shocked like wide-eyed like can't believe it like it's a revelation to him. Like, he had no idea. Apparently, he's not the mind reader that he claims to be. So, like, he didn't go for it because she was Firestar. There's no implication that she, like, is, like, you know, the old Dracula how What's her name from the book? I can't. You probably remember. It was his, his Elizabeth. Like, yeah, like, she looked like his old bride. Like, none yeah. of that. Like, he just randomly went from Transylvania to a college university in New York and picked up some random college girl. Yeah, she's completely random. If if Firestar wasn't what he wanted, then what did he want? He couldn't find one of these broads in Transylvania. There had to be some good-looking girls there. I guess, thank God, he kidnapped a superhero. Otherwise, some poor innocent girl would be uh, doomed to be the bride of Dracula. Yeah, forever. Well, she would have been happy. So uh, she's shooting fireballs at him. She says that you're staying single. <laughs> he dodges him by turning into a bat, but then hypnotizes her again. Now... He's thrilled that she's Firestar, and he says, by this, I'm going to rule the universe. That's a bold statement right there. Like, <laughs> is Dracula ever, in any story, 
any inclination that kind of motivation ever had the ambition to rule the universe. <laughs> I, no, he's usually laid low. That's why he's lasted so long. And can either of you guess what he did after he said he was going to rule the universe? No. He laughed. He laughed. <laughs> what else would Dracula do? Laugh or break the fourth wall. So then we go back to Spider-Man, who are still on top of this plane, inexplicably. Uh, the pilot's snapped out of it, but he's going the wrong way. Uh, Transylvania is 40 degrees west. Spider-Man can figure out by looking in the cockpit window. He is a scientist. He, is, he did invent web shooters, so I guess Spider-Man can be smart enough to figure that out. That makes sense. So uh, he uses his ice to change the direction, and uh, that makes the pilot think this flight is cursed. And uh, he makes a web parachute while Iceman just does his trick. Yeah, with the... yeah that's the part I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. That we, part he, frustrates me. He, yeah. he puts ice on the rudder, and yeah. then they bail on the guys. Yeah, so there's ice still on the rudder. Yeah, well, they're superheroes. They're going to land just fine. They always land just fine. What about these schmucks in the plane? They got they iced up the rudder. They're all going to die. They land in Dracula's castle. They, they go inside. See, Firestar sitting on one of two thrones. But she doesn't know like them or that she's Firestar. They try and get her snap out of it. She doesn't even know who Firestar is or them. Then I don't know where Dracula appears on the other throne. This is the second time she's been entranced in yes. this episode. We're up to two now. Where Dracula was, why he wasn't sitting on the throne with her, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> he orders them to destroy the spider friends. And uh, she starts shooting fireballs at them. And uh, she hits a suit of armor that collapses on top of Spider-Man. Uh, Iceman saves him, but then he orders the uh, Frankenstein and the Wolfman to take them on. And uh, he freezes the Wolfman. He breaks out and says, uh, nice doggy, sit, stay. <laughs> and then uh, Spider-Man webs up Frankenstein and rips right through the webbing. They retreat. They run off. <laughs> Here we go. And then Dracula says that Spider-Man and Iceman have met their match. And you guessed it. He laughs. <laughs> Again. <laughs> This guy's pretty awesome, actually, for a Dracula. They run into a dungeon, they slam the door behind them, and then they turn around, and who's there? Dracula and Firestar. <laughs> it's a nice little setup here for, you know, the build up to the three villains versus the three heroes, event, you know, that you know are eventually coming. You got Dracula, Wolfman, and the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> Firestar attacks them again, which makes Dracula laugh. He's just a jovial fellow, this Dracula. Kind of makes me think of the Dracula they had on that Super Friends episode. <laughs> Did he do a lot of laughing? No, not this much. This guy's much better, actually. I'm kind of digging this Dracula here. So he turns into a bat. Iceman's trying to contain him while Spidey's trying to get through to Firestar. Stanley says it's a mental tug of war. Stanley's back to narrate a little bit. Uh, she snaps out of it, collapses, turns back into Angelica. They grab her and run away with Frank and the Wolfman chasing. They find a mad scientist lab. Which, well, what castle? It complete? wasn't going to be complete without one. I mean, you got to have a, a mad scientist lab. Iceman freezes the lock where Spidey, uh, he's going to try and come up with a formula to save Firestar. Yeah, what formula was he going to make, by the way? Oh, well, all his ingenuity, and he's going to put some chemicals together that release you from a magical trance from a vampire. Like, what book was he reading? Hey. Not to mention it breaks on the first try. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do a very good job. Back off. He's a scientist. <laughs> Ives and uh, Webb, they're not going to stop either one of them. They, they break through. Uh, Drac opens a trap door, which has 
Crocodile. Trap door. <laughs> yes, it was great. It was like, oh, please be turning a trap door. And you open it up, and sure enough, it is. That's but yeah, they were both too smart, though. They jump over the edge. Yep. And then there were alligators. How were there alligators in, in Transylvania? Transylvania? <laughs> Did he import them from Florida? <laughs> he had them shipped. I don't know. He, um, he had, Dracula's got connections. And then, in a bizarre turn of events, Frankenstein grabs Firestar, and he's going to throw her in the pit. Yeah, I'm telling you, this guy is wicked jealous of Dracula. He's cock blocking him the whole way. All his little comments, and then he wants to throw Firestar away. Man. I don't even know like where that came from. It just came that came out of nowhere. He says she must be destroyed. They never give you an explanation about this. Uh, right off the bat, when they introduce him, he's got this like, no bad friends around here. Iceman is uh he's fighting the Wolfman. Spidey uh grabs the ammonia, which he says why um this is exactly what he was looking for. <laughs> and uh, he throws it. They're proclaiming this will work just like smelling salts. Now, oh, the ammonia. <laughs> oh, so the ammo- he thought the strong smell of the ammonia would be like a smelling salt. Is uh, that correct? Does ammonia work just like uh, smelling salts? It's pretty salt? nasty. Well, I, I don't know. I've never. I bet if I was sleeping and someone put ammonia under my nose, I bet I'd wake up pretty damn quick. So that. Uh, it explodes. It does wake her up. She goes back to Firestar. A third time. A third time. Yeah. Third time. Now we're on three times that she's uh, been woken up. When he's trying to hypnotize her again, Firestar says, who is this hokey Halloween character? <laughs> she doesn't even remember anything that's happened in this episode. But somehow she remembers, like, as soon as he turns back to his human form, in which he doesn't remember like anything about being Dracula for like, how does that work over being centuries of being the same person? This guy's jumping ahead here. What the heck, man? <laughs> so, I think that was the memory of the dog that woke her up and aunt may, you know, <laughs> remember, say, remember aunt may remember Ms. Lion. Lion. <laughs> remember oh, the no. dog <laughs> that snapped her out of it. I think he even said, remember ESU, uh, the, the college yeah, yeah, ESU. Yeah. Cause Ms. Lion does not actually appear on this episode. If anything can break me out of a trance, it's school. That's uh, that'll and your dog. <laughs> and your dog. Yeah. Um, now he uh, says that Dracula someone who hates sunlight. So uh, she generates so much that Dracula passes out, doesn't uh, melt or die. Does he, does she have like ultraviolet abilities with her power? I just thought she had fire. I didn't know she had the power of the sun or anything. They kind of. I, I expected him to evaporate into bone <laughs> dust or in something. In the comic, but... they expanded upon her powers. I feel like the cartoon, like her powers were whatever the story needed them to be. Yeah, I'm a DC guy, so I don't know if she, they, I don't know of the finer aspects of the Firestar mythology. In the comic books, they definitely expanded on her powers and that was possible. In the, in the cartoon, it feels like uh, whatever the plot calls for. <laughs> So once Dracula passes out, then a really series of bizarre things start to happen. First, Frankenstein just falls apart. Just yep. falls apart. Frank- Dracula being Dracula is what was keeping him together? I don't even understand yeah, this. It was just magic holding this, this body together. And well, he was, he was a zombie. So the Wolfman turns into like this English butler. Yes. 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 <laughs> it was the butler the whole he's time. He's a pilot and, and a butler. And a chauffeur. His clothes <laughs> even change. Like he has nicer clothes on when he turns into the butler. Yeah, and he has no memory of any yeah, of no those. <laughs> he's like, oh, where, where am I? What's going on, man? And then in the strangest turn of events, and I know <laughs> based on what we've seen, that that's a lot. The alligators turn into salamanders. Salamanders. <laughs> For no reason. At this all. point, I'm starting to think, is this whole episode a mirage? You know, is it all just a, like a figment of all their imaginations? And then Angelica's like, now I remember. 
Because then Dracula turns back into the guy she was dancing with at, at the, the dance. dance. <laughs> and he doesn't remember what's going on. So why is he so young? He turns back into a human. Wasn't he always a vampire? I, or was I, this I, his <laughs> human form before he became a Did they cure him of his vampirism? I, it, apparently they cured him. Does he got like this whole new lease on life? Because <laughs> we could get like a whole spinoff of this guy. So Dracula is just a normal guy who somehow, I guess, when he became a vampire, he became like a different person. Like he's almost the Hulk and Bruce Banner at this point. <laughs> Uh, granted, I know they can't really kill him because it's a children's cartoon, but, but what the hell? Anybody got an explanation? Uh, I, I'm I'm baffled. I'm befuddled even. Not a clue. And then Iceman says that uh, her secret identity is safe. That was the biggest concern was that Dracula knew who she was. When he didn't know who she was in the first place. <laughs> he didn't know she was Firestar. Who cares if Dracula knows that Firestar is Angelica Jones? Like, what's he going to do? Is he going to go after Aunt May now or something? Or blackmail her? Do they all get a happy ending after this? You know, what was it? Bruno the butler? Does he get to retire and, you know, do his own thing? And Dracula doesn't even know he's Dracula. Is he heir to this castle? I know. Bruno says that he doesn't remember letting them in. So is that to imply Bruno is the butler of Dra- he's the castle bu- Dracula? He's the butler there and, and Dracula made him a, a werewolf. Now, Angelica seems... Uh, so the two of them are just going to go back to, like, living their lives and Dracula's just going to be chilling there and... I, you got me. I have no, no idea. Uh, really, the only one that lost out was the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> How do they know he's not going to turn back into the Wolfman or turn back into Dracula and cause more havoc? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they kind of put that aside very quickly. And Spider-Man notices Angelica seems sad, and she says, and I quote, a girl wants a man to find her unforgettable. Forgettable. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that line nowadays, would you? So let's recap. He crossed oceans... To go to a random college party. To find her specifically. To find her specifically, not knowing she's a superhero. With no reasoning why he was looking for her. He has his own private plane, which he still sees the need to put on the manifest where he's going. Why Dracula has to tell the truth, I don't know. He's got to follow FAA rules and regulations. Iceman and Spider-Man can ride on top of an airplane. They can jump from one airplane to another. <laughs> Dracula has- with, with an ice bridge. As Salam, is the salamanders turn into crocodiles or is it an illusion that everyone thinks they're crocodiles? I think he used his magic to turn them into crocodiles and then turn they turned back. It must have been his magic that did it. So then they go back to the dance, which apparently is it's still, still going. going. <laughs> how, long, how long is this dance? <laughs> is this like one of those uh, sock hop? You know, raves they had in the 50s where you danced for like 48 hours yeah, straight. Yeah, one of those marathons. Yeah. It's still going it's on. still going on. They literally go from the uh, you, New York to Europe to Transylvania and then have an adventure, then come back. What's the dance? Three hours? If you fly from Boston to Iceland, which I believe is the most western part of Europe, it takes you, I think, close to five hours just to do that. They flew to Transylvania, which as far as I know is next to Hungary and Yugoslavia. So you're talking... Six, seven hour flight here. That alone happening twice is 14 hours. I don't give a shit about the time difference. How long is this goddamn dance? <laughs> and the adventure they had in between. Yeah. <laughs> and the inevitable cleanup. They had to get back on a plane. I mean, it's. And it's, the party is still going. And they pick right where they left off. Arguing about who's going to get to dance with Angelica. <laughs> like nothing ever happened. Cut this girl a break. She just got hypnotized three times and kidnapped. I know. Poor thing. She probably wants a nap. 
And then they they but in the end they both carry her off like that. Like, the best looking, the well, the best looking guy at the party, roof eater. I mean, and took her away. What she? I wouldn't want to look at another man for the rest of my life if I were her. And then they notice she's dancing with another guy. That's it. That's too much. <laughs> They're done. They're done. They grab her by the arms and drag her out yeah, of the dance. Like, they finally got the hint. <laughs> like a couple of cavemen throwing her over their shoulders. Another thing you couldn't get away with today. Seriously, wait, wait. <laughs> she's not her own woman. She can't dance with whoever the hell she wants. <laughs> oh, I don't blame her for wanting to dance with someone else if she lives with these two clowns. And uh, <laughs> there you end the episode with the two of them dragging Firestar by the arms out of this dance, <laughs> striking a blow for women's liberation everywhere. I guess that I actually kind of like that part. I got to admit. <laughs> That might have been the best part of the episode. <laughs> and there you have the spooky, scary <laughs> Halloween. What a way to kick off Halloween month. Spider-Man's amazing friends, the bride. Only on Matt Dracula. Spectro, folks. Could you see this? This is great. I was kind of flabbergasted. <laughs> I was, it was so ridiculous, but I was so amused the entire, like I was literally amused the entire episode. On this note, we're heading right over to the spectrometer. Ooh, the legendary spectrometer. For any of you know, every week we rank what we saw on the spectrometer. Zero spectros being absolute garbage. Four spectros being perfection. You can't get any better. Jordan is a, a first-time guest. We'll start with you. How many spectros are you going to give? Spider-Man and his amazing friends, the Bride of Dracula. I would say I would give that a uh, a solid two. Solid two, all right. I actually have to agree with him. <laughs> I would give it I would give it two spectros on this episode. <sighs> I I'm tempted to give it three because I laughed so hard through the whole episode that I found it so entertaining, but it's so stupid that I just nah two. I'm so torn. I, I wanna give it a high ranking because of the nostalgia and I did actually wasn't the show better than this one I remember it being so good <laughs> I think it's because we had so little superhero cartoons we had this and super friends we didn't have a lot to choose no I want to rank it was amazing wasn't it wasn't it had to have been I want to rank it higher because of nostalgia and I, I thoroughly did enjoy it but it's stupid <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible even I, kids cartoons oh, but I think the stupidity like made it like as great as it was like as great as it was you gave it two spectros <laughs> well i mean that yeah. was his common sense kicking in <laughs> i'm gonna go two and a half Ooh, that's very generous I, I i do enjoy it thoroughly i mean how do you not love dracula like laughing like 17 he, he breaks the fourth wall like he literally looks Se at the camera and several. starts laughing it was like ted dibiase the million dollar man it was awesome but in clear conscience, I can't go any higher because it is so stupid. <laughs> like the plot is dumb, oh. <laughs> even by the standards of this cartoon. Stupid, they really stupid. Even if they had a line and you know explaining his motivation in, in the beginning, like he had a picture of some dead broad that looked just like Angelica. You know, I could have seen it. You know, and it loses the spectro for just for not saying Spider Friends, go for it. <laughs> All right. Also, every week, Dave, we're going to start with you this time. In 2021, if a child came across Spider-Man and his amazing friends, the Bride of Dracula, would they enjoy it? Ah, uh, no. No, I've got to say no. Kids have, the, with the bright colors and all the 
all the things that they have in the animation now, I'd, I'd have to say six, seven, eight, nine year old would be gravitated towards something else than this. Jordan, you're you're not you're a man, but you're the youngest in the in the group. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too long ago you were still a child. What do you think? 2021 is a kid gonna like it's the like, Bride of Dracula? Like, how old are we talking? Is this like thir- like 13 or like are we talking like? Younger, younger. Like 10. yeah. I mean, when we saw this, we were about eight or nine, yeah. probably the first time. So, some somewhere in that range. Yeah, like, I could see how it would be like stimulating to a young kid, you know, because it it moves fast pace, like where you're like, it could distract them. But by the time you're like maybe nine or ten, like even when I was that age, I was seeing now crap. I re- I remember the shit you were watching when you were a kid. So I, I can tell you right now, you loved Spider-Man and you were watching Spider-Man cartoons all the time, but you had more modern. I, cart- I had- you wanted them. You would have loved the, you, you did actually, you loved the nineties Spider-Man cartoon and the computer animated nineties or two thousands one. But you, I tried to get you to watch some of this stuff when you were young and you weren't interested in this. There were later Spider-Man animations that you dug. Yeah. I'm going to say, unless the kid is a Spider-Man fan, they're probably not going to, they're going to find better things uh, to watch. It's definitely a cartoon worth watching overall, maybe not this particular episode, but because it does have a lot of the Marvel Universe was incorporated into the cartoon. Yeah, because they had like the X-Men in one up in the episode. X-Men, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Submariner, Iron Man, Daredevil, Thor, Black Knight, Shaun of the She-Devil. That might be everyone that I... Uh, That's a lot. It only it didn't have that many episodes, and they got as, that many characters. Yeah, as well in. as uh, Spider-Man's, almost his entire classic rogues gallery as well, because they yeah. had Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Kingpin, Chameleon, Scorpion, Kazar, I mean, Craven, Shocker, the Beetle. Yeah. So they had all the good stuff in this. Yeah. So I think that's also why it held a special place, because... Uh, no Stiltman? No Stiltman. Because oh, <laughs> a lot of times, uh, some of these cartoons, they had made-up villains or... They fought aliens randomly. Like Super Friends sometimes would be notorious for just random aliens and stuff like that. And we don't normally do this. Somebody have to sleep with the lights on after watching The Bride of Dracula. I'm going to keep a nightlight on. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree with that. There there was enough creep factor in this. I I might sleep with one eye closed tonight. (laughs) The only nightmare is how stupid this cartoon is. I am going to have nightmares of Dracula's fourth wall breaking. I will tell you that. <laughs> what did you think? Did you like it better than we did? Did you like it less than we did? Uh, if you liked it more, great. We can take that away from you. I always want to hear from you. Give us your opinion. And if you can go to my social media and let us know while we're on the subject. You can find me at Twitter, at Matt Spectro. If you can follow me there, find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro through the, the multiverse. Give me a like, follow my page. I appreciate everyone listening. I always like feedback. If you could... Uh, Smash that subscribe button. Help me spread the word. I appreciate everyone's patience dealing me with uh, having a week off. We're going to continue with the spooks, the thrills and chills, all the ghosts and goblins. We're gonna, this is just kicking off Halloween month. Do you have any suggestions for... I got to keep it under wraps what the other episodes oh, are going to be. But. Give us a hint. I want to know. You got to give us a little hint what's coming up ahead. Well, uh, one is going to be a crossover episode. Ooh. And one is going to be a famous Batman Halloween story. Ooh, a little something to whet our appetite on this uh, Halloween month of October. I had a, someone wanted to do Aquaman, which I haven't done yet, but I went through the entire episode catalog and I couldn't find anything that even slightly related. came up to a Halloween one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Apparently you don't have Halloween in Atlantis. You know, the sea seems pretty spooky, you know, like you could 
I feel like you could do scary stuff in the ocean if they tried hard enough. <laughs> One last question I have for Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends. Why does Spider-Man get all the credit? It's the Spider-Friends, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. He, he's just Spider-Man. He's just like... Well, how many comic books was Firestar selling? <laughs> Iceman had that one crummy four issue miniseries, that, or had he even had that at the he time? Even had that at he that didn't time. even have the miniseries. Firestar right? didn't appear in the comics, I think, until like the 90s. Six or seven. I think it was like 19. It was well, after this, it wasn't they didn't yeah, put her in the comic. Oh, she did have a miniseries, though. She first appeared in X Men 193, I believe. She was part of the, the Hellions. And then she did get her own miniseries. Yeah. But I don't think that was until like five or six years after this. Oh, okay. I remember the miniseries. I didn't know that she'd shown up before that. Yeah, she had first appeared there. And then they gave her her own miniseries, giving her origin and all that. To my knowledge, she's still in the comic books. But does she still have that cool collar on her? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I have no idea. Wherever she is, I, I hope she's got something I don't really, that looks like I that. never was a big X-Men fan, so I couldn't tell you what's going on in any that's, of their books. That's because the X-Men kind of suck. That's why. <laughs> And I'm going to be offending some people out there. It's Marvel. What do you want? <laughs> and there you have it. So go to my social media. Give us your two cents if you have any ideas for episodes. We want to know if you had feedback. If you didn't like my guests, if you liked my guests, if you want to hear more of my you guests. You love to guess. <laughs> Bring me back when you got a fandom that I'm an expert on. I have, I have two. Uh, you're coming back from my Earth Day episode. Ooh. far in advance because that's not until April. We won't ruin it for anybody yet, but I am the expert of experts. And with any luck, you uh, I don't know when you're going to be on for my Captain Marvel episode. Oh, i got some CC back not love for you. Brie Larson, but... He, no, but, the, real, the Cap, real Captain, the real Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But if you have any uh, guests you'd like to hear, topics you'd like to hear, cartoons you'd like to review, please go to my social media and let us know. We want to hear from you. And until next week, thank you for joining us on Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Happy Halloween, everyone. Excelsior! <laughs>